This is Purple Sector, Helmut and Rye Guy on the mics. It's Coda Week. It's Rye Austin Guy. Week. It's finally here. Yeah, <laughs> I never know what to kind of say because it's like the Austin Grand Prix, the Coda Grand yeah. Prix, the U.S. Grand Prix, the U- United States Grand Prix. It, this one has so many monikers that I've are got appropriate. It every which way, the last two weeks, people are like, are you going to Coda? Are you going to Austin? Are you going to the USGP? Right. Yeah, there's so the many answers- ways. The answer is yes to all three people. Yeah, and they all will be fun. <laughs> we are fired up. Yeah, for sure. So this is going to be our only episode this week in studio, so we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff here, breaking down our plans for the race weekend, how we're going to try and link up with any listeners and fans that are out there that are interested, get in some mail, box, 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 do some news, do a race preview the grand preview for the austin slash coda slash u.s slash united states grand prix and yeah that's everything and then when we're over in austin we're gonna try and do some uh little apps that we can just record ourselves and throw up there for the people as we're living the dream there for this race yeah we'll see i don't know what to expect never been to austin so i'm ready yeah i'm stoked i've been once uh like what half a decade or so at this point i think for it was a like five party? years yeah and so now it's again another batch heading out there so we're excited so yeah right why don't we first things first here drop the bomb on the people we're going to be in the turn turn 12 grandstands and then obviously floating around the track during the sessions and checking out all the different stuff they've got they put out a great map of all the different Vent sort of vendors and things they're going to have all these different themed areas, right? It's like a, a lot of stuff. Cantina section, uh, rodeo drive, playing off rodeo drive with sort of upscale stuff, I guess. Yeah, they're going to have armadillo racing, a beer garden. Yeah, lucha libre wrestling, bandana printing. We might get some purple sector bandanas. Yeah, we'll have made. to see what the bandana printing is all about because we definitely need to get some some purple sector bandanas so you can prove you're part of the purple pit crew like the crips and the bloods you know hang <laughs> right. your your purple bandana yeah so we'll be in between the f1 sessions we'll be floating around the track so just keep an eye on our instagram and twitter for real-time info info on where we'll be if you want to link up yeah hopefully i can i can keep my purple sector shirt clean and wear it throughout the weekend so i could be a, a marker for everyone when i'm out and about yeah. we're also going to be bringing the t-shirts we have left the original first printing of the Purple Sector tees. We're going to have those with us if anyone wants to buy those. When we link up, uh, we have large and XL left, so we'll have a bunch of those with us, whatever we have left. And uh, the plan is Friday night, Rye Guy, 7 o'clock p.m. We're going to head to Banger's Sausage House and Beer Garden on 79 Rainy Street in the Rainy Historic District. So that's Banger's Sausage House and Beer Garden. We're going to get there by 7, hang out for a couple hours at least. So... If you guys want to link up, 
obviously head to uh, to Bangers on Friday at 7 p.m. Yeah, looking forward to it. If you're hungry or want to grab a beer with the boys, that's, we'll be chilling. It's, it's mostly an outdoor venue, so if you have any COVID concerns, you should be fine. Yeah, and we're going to keep an eye, obviously, on our social media at Purple Sector Pod, specifically Twitter, I would say, right, right, guy, where we'll be posting any of that kind of stuff when we get there, what other plans might be the pop-up and all that, so... Yeah, I'm looking hope forward to, see, to bangers. Yeah, hope to see everybody that is out there and able to join to swing through so we can all clink some glasses and have our own little formula brunch on Friday night. Yeah, late <laughs> late night edition. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the rest of it, just keep an eye on our social media if we're out and about and or if you run into us with the, the Purple Sector shirt or something because we'll be out and about hoping to get in some Billy Joel Saturday and we're sure a bunch of you guys are going to watch that too. So that's why I think Friday is the primo primo time. Yeah, and this was just announced this week, I think, but Cool and the Gang yeah. are performing after the race now. It's so. perfect timing too, like right after the race, like 30 minutes after you basically get in your podium we get to gawk at hopefully a trophy that is not a Heineken star tube. It's not a Heineken sponsored race, right? So we definitely won't have a Heineken star tube. It's a Romco, so it might just be like a barrel of oil. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. Hopefully it's a good trophy. We want the return to the fun there. Like we were looking, Ryan, before we start recording at old stuff they were doing. Like they did NFL style intros one year where they had like smoke and the guys coming out of the tunnel. They've tried everything at Coda. Yeah. They've done the cowboy hat Pirelli caps for the podium guys. I think I think the trophy should just be a big old ten gallon bucket cowboy hat. Yeah. You know? Something or or get like spurs, you know? Put some metal spurs on a pedestal and have that be the trophy. Yeah. That would almost be as dangerous as the sharp trophy they gave out in Turkey. If they true. had actual like working spurs as the trophy. Very true. It would be great if you there were spurs like that that you could wear, throw them right on those race boots, you know? <laughs> Danny Rick would be racing in those spurs, digging his heels into the, the floor to get some stability. He would be. Yeah. So Friday at 7 o'clock, we're going to be at Bangers Sausage House and Beer Garden for anyone who's around and wants to partake. Should be a good time. And yeah. we'll be obviously in Austin the entire weekend. So yeah, swing on by, to it. say hi, enjoy a beer with us, grab a shirt if you want. We'll see you all then. Love it. Now let's get into the mail. Box, 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 right, guy? Box, 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 box. Remember, hit up 9048-PURPLE. That's 904-878-7753 to leave a voicemail or shoot a text for the mailbox, box, box. And you can also slide into our DMs at Purple Sector Pod on social media for the mailbox, box, box. Why don't you lead us off here, right guy, with the, the first letter in the mailbox, box, box, box. You got it. So at babymeat one on Twitter, hit us up. You had an interesting question. It was, if slash when Hamilton buys his own F1 team, who do you think he'll pick as a power unit supplier and title sponsor? And then he went on to say, my guess is Mercedes and solely for the comedic value, Monster Energy for a title sponsor. Yeah, it would have to be Mercedes. That's yeah. He's only that's ever clear cut answer. Right. He's only ever raced with Mercedes power in Formula One when he was at McLaren and now Mercedes. And I'm sure, I mean, is he already like an investor? Has he put anything into Mercedes? You know? Well, here's the thing. I disagree with Baby Meat's premise. I don't think I don't think Hamilton will ever want to own his own F1 team. I think he knows how much of a financial nightmare that is. Yeah. Or if he wants to keep racing and the <laughs> the teams deem him too old or something when he's 55 and he wants to still race, he could just buy his own team and race for his own team. So he yeah. would be one driver. I will say he's one driver. And then I think he would bring uh, the doctor 
out of retirement to race alongside him. Valentino, Valentino Rossi? Rossi. Yeah. Maybe. I think... That's my, my wish list, just two my, old fart legends racing in Formula One. I think he would go, I think Hamilton would go the Fernando Alonso route and sponsor himself with his own company. So his title sponsor would be some company that Lewis starts, just like Alonso is Kimoa. Hamilton Hill figure racing. Yeah, that would work. Um, yeah, Lewis X Tommy racing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't foresee him doing that. I mean... Look, you, you've seen, everyone's seen how much Lewis has been posting to his Instagram stories of him making beats and shit in his motorhome. He is hot after that music career when he's done with F1. Yeah. Yeah. So, the fashion, the music, all the other stuff he's got going on. To the answer museum, your, <laughs> he's going to have to be running yeah. that museum. To answer your question, Baby Meat, I don't think either of those things will happen. I think he will be dropping mixtapes very soon after he retires from F1. At Baby Meat 1. Baby Meat makes me laugh. This is a very funny handle. Yeah. Ryan, we also had Raul hit us up on the gram. Hey, guys, love your podcast. It's a true F1 podcast by racing fans for racing fans. Looking forward to meeting you guys in Coda and looking forward to another great weekend for Red Bull. Yeah, so I believe Raul is a Checo fan, so he's yeah. excited for the prospect. Yeah, I won't mention the pizza that shall not be named that <laughs> we have been bringing up nonstop, and I think people are getting grossed out by it. But yeah, looking forward to it. Bangers, Sausage House, and Beer Garden Friday at 7. We'll be there. Oh, yeah. Ken also hit us up on Instagram. He is the resident Supermax fan. He said, ready for Austin and to see Max Max Supermax get his first of many wins on U.S. soil. Always optimistic, Ken is, Moot. Oh, yeah. Uh, he went on to say, looking forward to join in the celebration with the Purple Sector team. And he sent us a photo of his Purple Sector shirt, his Red Bull hat, and all three days of his passes for the race. Oh, yeah. He's so, ready to so go. Ken's going to be balling out in Austin. Yeah. He's going to have a good time. That yeah, guy loves I'm, F1. I'm stoked, man. You were looking at the weather, and it's going to be steamy, smoky out there. Yeah, I've got it up right now. It's uh, it's going to be sweaty in Austin. It's going to be high 80s every day, and the chance of rain has subsided. It's only like 19% on Sunday, so it's just going to be, you know, have your, have your suntan lotion ready. Oh, yeah. Lather it up. Everything that's not covered by a purple sector shirt, cover in lotion. Yeah. <laughs> box, 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 box. That was the mail box, box, box. Thank you all for reaching out, and you know how to hit us up. We already mentioned it. Ragai, news time. Why don't you take this first one? Some Newey news. Yeah, this is interesting. So Adrian Newey, who is the wizard aerodynamicist who works for Red Bull, he got into a cycling accident during the summer break, which very few people knew about this. This only broke. Yeah, this was the first I had heard. Yeah. Because the headline is like, got into a bike after his bike crash he's going to be helping more and i'm like wait what yeah never heard they had some bike wreck the whole paddock was like wait he's been in the hospital for since the summer break anyways here's your headline adrian newey is on top of red bull setup woes after bike crash recovery so he is the chief technical officer for for red bull he's arguably the best aerodynamicist on the grid right now and arguably the greatest of all time because his designs have won so many titles across like a 30-year career so during the summer break he got into a bad cycling accident he needed multiple surgeries and operations doesn't that speak to the safety of formula one at the moment that 
the most dangerous thing these guys do is go road cycling in their free time. Like we had Alonzo break his jaw. Adrian knew he's going under the knife multiple times. One time, uh, Mark Webber broke his leg or arm. Yeah, he that like shattered yeah. his <laughs> like multiple appendages. Yeah, so uh, Adrian New has only made his return since the Turkish Grand Prix. This is an opportunity for Peloton to come in and sponsor <laughs> like Formula One in general or one yeah. of the teams. Be like, get get the hell off the road, guys. Use our Pellies. You know? Stay safe, stay fit, Peloton. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so this is what was interesting. As you remember, Red Bull was having all kinds of setup issues on Friday and Saturday in Turkey with massive understeer because the pavement was way grippier than they were anticipating in their data models. So Adrian Newey came to the rescue in Turkey. Basically, when he arrived, he sorted everything out for them, more or less. And that's where they found a lot of pace heading into the race. So it's pretty big. It's a pretty big deal that he's back now. We'll see if that pans out well for Red Bull in these last few races. Um, my question to you, Moot, is are they way too reliant on him? Yeah, it seems like they're either purely relying on him to do the heavy lifting when it comes to aerodynamics or they just don't have good people behind him. I mean, that's basically the same thing, what I'm saying. I think they're relying heavily on him because it sounds like if he's not there, no one can, you know, carry the load. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's the guy. What's interesting but is... he also is just, as you mentioned, such a wizard at it that it's going to be tough. You can't just throw, like, multiple people at the problem. Like, if they don't have the ideas and the experience and the expertise that he does, it doesn't matter how many people you have banging away on the simulators and stuff, right? Yeah, and what's, what I find interesting is, I mean, he must have been in really bad shape if he was essentially not able to do any remote work for them, all these races that he was missing on. Yeah, he's basically in traction in the hospital with all his limbs up, and well, they're I mean, like, hey, uh, Adrian, can you take a look at our aerodynamics, because we're kind of struggling here. Well, no one's no one's mentioned yet what the extent of his injuries were. I, I'm assuming a, a shitload of broken bones, probably, you know, maybe a punctured lung or something like that, but... He needed several operations. It sounds pretty bad. Yeah, definitely. Or it was just a really bad doctor. You can't get it right with one op. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> Danica Patrick news, Rye Guy. Danica Patrick will be joining the Sky Sports team for coverage of the U.S. Grand Prix. Love that. They're bringing her in for a little action. She does some IndyCar stuff, right? I know she did the Indy 500 this past year. Yep. And she's also getting vocal about trying. It's it's amazing how much news is steaming up around that Andretti buying Alfa Romeo Sauber rumor. Because now you have so many people basically saying, like Danica's out there now as well, saying the U.S. needs an American driver in Formula One. Colton Herta is ready. You know, like she's already lobbying for the whole Andretti plan. Right. Exactly. The plan Andretti. They haven't. Um. In re- in regards to her being on the Sky team for the coverage this weekend. They haven't said yet what she's going to be doing, if she'll be like the sideline personality or if she'll be in the booth for the race or for quality or practice. We don't know yet, but it's pretty exciting that Danica will be there. Yeah, maybe Danica will come over to Bangers with us on Friday. Yeah, she's definitely going to have a beer with us. (laughs) Right. All right, this is a great headline. Here a, lot go, of he- a lot of hot aerodynamicist news today on the, yeah, the, so <laughs> the news segment. I just had to add this to our rundown here because it's just too funny. Here's your headline. Haas F1 has a job opening for senior, senior aerodynamicist. So <laughs> I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it to you anyways, Moon. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? My answer might surprise you. I think it's a good thing. Why is it a good thing? They 
have a lot more support now from Ferrari. I'm sure that they have multiple senior aerodynamicists. I think this is them probably realizing, going to be pushing up against that cost cap, hopefully. So they're realizing we need to get some more heads here in this aerodynamics room. Okay, well, that's a fun, optimistic take from you. But I think you're wildly wrong. Here's what I think. If you're if you're look, this this broke on my on the Twitter timeline today from the Motorsport Jobs account, okay? So this is like a recent job posting. They're hiring a senior aerodynamicist in October before a major rules change over the winter? Maybe Adrian Newey will apply if they give him better medical benefits after all his surgeries. I, I just think it sounds like the, the team is still a shit show because they were supposed to have been developing next year's car all year this year. Yeah, I'm going to be more positive uh, <laughs> about the team and just hope that the fact that Ferrari is kind of aligning with them more now as a, uh, a customer car of theirs, right? They already talked about giving them like factory space. We've covered this and helping with personnel and all that. Well, so I'm sounds- hoping that they they start to bring it, Haas, and aren't just the same sad sack that they are this year. Well, that's this is eye opening to me. Anyways, if you're looking for a new job, uh, Haas is hiring for senior aerodynamicist. Go for it, go for it, baby. Get get all that Haas gear. Right, guy. A lot of drivers have been out and about recently, and uh, George Russell and Alex Albon, two chums. George is. Alex basically credited George with pushing so hard that he got that seat at Williams. Yeah. Yeah. And they were at the Miami Dolphins first Jacksonville Jaguars game in London this past weekend. And uh, both of them rocking the Miami Dolphins jerseys. Yeah, it sounds like the Miami Dolphins owner, who's also the promoter for the F1 race in Miami. You know when he's in the UK, you know he's going to say, I need any F1 driver who lives or is near here to come wear Dolphins gear so I can cross-promote all this. Exactly. So everyone but Daniel Ricciardo is on the grid as a, is a Dolphins fan. Were they in year. Ray Finkel jerseys, Raga? That's my favorite Miami Dolphin of all time. Hopefully. But Daniel Ricciardo, what I was alluding to, is a famously a Buffalo Bills fan. That's right. Yes, he is. He's part of Bills Mafia, Danny Rick. Yeah. So, Moot, the F1 paddock has invaded the Americas ahead of the race this weekend. There's been all kinds of sightings all over the Americas with F1 drivers. We'll start with uh, Mick yeah. Schumacher. Formula 1 drivers are men about town this past week and week or two. Yeah, so Mick Schumacher was hanging out with Kevin Harvick and the Stuart Haas racing team at the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500 in Fort Worth over the weekend. That makes me yearn for the days when we were doing that true or false, which one is not a uh, NASCAR, NASCAR race, race name. name. <laughs> I think we played that with previous guest john murray that was a fun uh fun little epi- fun little uh, exercise yeah so mick was hanging out at the nascar race he was hanging out with the haas team there much better functioning team over there in nascar with the haas name um fun fact this race in austin this weekend is somewhat of a home grand prix for mick schumacher because yeah they michael, have a ranch out there yeah michael schumacher has owned a ranch in texas for a couple decades now i believe yeah, Mick is going to go over and ranch hand it up over at the ranch, huh? Yeah. <laughs> go bale some hay and muck some stalls. Yep. Moot Checo was in downtown Dallas doing a demonstration run with the Red Bull RB7, which was the 2011 title winning car for Sebastian Vettel. Was that the fi- the last title for Red Bull? No. 20. 20- was it 13? Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so- Checo's around. This is almost a home race. He's two two weeks after this away from uh, the race in Mexico City. Yeah, so if you were in the Dallas area, you probably heard about or went and saw uh, Checo doing some donuts and gunning it all over downtown Dallas. Not just heard about it, you probably heard it. Yeah, because it's the old V8. Yeah. Much louder than the current cars. Yeah. Uh, Nikita Mazepin was the guest of honor at the Pumas versus Juarez match in Mexico City over the weekend. This is such a curious one. It's odd choice. <laughs> they're going to be in Mexico City in two weeks. So he comes over to the Americas, goes down to Mexico, and then is coming up to Austin. Yeah. It's, it seems weird. Like, it, yeah, it's, are they it's not backwards. playing a match leading up to the Mexico race? Yeah, and I want to know, like, if 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 uh, Nikita's people reached out to them, or like, why would why would Pumas just randomly pick Nikita Mazepin to be the guest of honor? Yeah, maybe his dad's looking to buy one of the teams, and that's why he's there. Who knows? Very interesting, though. Yeah, the guys are everywhere, and now we can look forward to seeing them in Austin this weekend, baby. So, some sort of livery. Sponsor news, Ragai. The Red Bulls will have Acura branding on their car and race suits this weekend in Austin. Obviously, the tie-in with Honda. Acura is the American luxury brand under the the Honda umbrella. So you're going to see Acura being pimped on the Red Bulls in the race suits this weekend. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see how they pull it off. I've seen some mock-ups online of like where they're going to do it on the car and on the race suit, but it was nothing. It wasn't anything official. Yeah. Doesn't Acura have one of those labels? Basically, it's a positive and negative thing. I think like the Acura Integra was like always the most stolen car <laughs> of all car types. That's a positive thing, man. That right, because it means it's kind of ubiquitous. Every, everybody a lot of wants their car. <laughs> the parts are easier to to transfer across. So, and I think they're bringing back the Integra. So, good news for all you car thieves out there. Yeah, stay me, man. <laughs> This is probably the biggest headline of this episode, and we are yeah, this super is pumped. Big news. Zach Brown will finally let Daniel Ricardo drive his 1984 Dale Earnhardt Sr. Wrangler Chevrolet Monte Carlo stock car. That was a mouthful. At Coda this weekend. Yeah, so he's going to pay off the podium bet yeah. at Coda. Yeah, so we're going to get to see Danny Rick whipping that old NASCAR around the track, man. It's going to be sick. Yeah, so looking at the schedule... I guess there's a couple like NASCAR demos going on yeah, on we, Friday and Saturday. We don't know yet when it's going to go down. So we're guessing it might be part of the whole NASCAR demo, probably of the new generation NASCAR. So keep your eyes peeled. Hopefully we'll be able to catch Danny Rick ripping around the track in that Dale Earnhardt Senior Wrangler Chevrolet Monte Carlo stock car this weekend. Yeah, 1984. <laughs> 1984, baby. Great year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you're going to be at the race, just make a note. Find out when Danny Rick's going to be pushing that thing around the track. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. You won't be able to miss it because it's it's like a bright yellow and blue Wrangler. Well, it's going it's, it's to be a 1984 stock car. You can't miss it. Yeah, and, and by the way, some good sound. Too. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be loud as fuck. Yes. Let's get into the race proper this weekend, Rye Guy. So, a lot of obviously everyone points out that this has been a very Mercedes-dominated circuit since it's been on the calendar, right? Yes. The only non-Mercedes win is Kimi Raikkonen in 2018, his swan song with Ferrari, right? 
In this current era, yes. Yeah. In the two races before the V6 Turbo Hybrid era, you had other winners. Right. But since this era, obviously, it makes sense that Mercedes is going to have a dominant run at almost every track during this era. Yeah. So, but you would, it kind of shocked me when we were going back, because obviously no race last year. Hamilton won four straight from 2014 to 2017, but he actually, if you break down by the numbers, he hasn't won here in Five years yeah, now, right? Since 2017. Or four years, yeah. Yeah, because we obviously did not race at Coda last year because of the pandemic scheduling. But this is what's so funny about this race. The most previous winners are two Finns, Kimi Raikkonen and Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, it's a Finnish-dominated track of late. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, so will we see Kimi Raikkonen repeat here and, <laughs> and get a win in that Alfa Romeo? <laughs> Unlikely, but yeah. Bottas, keep an eye on him. Yeah, um, we we talked about before the track has been pretty banged up from a lot of the earth settling underneath the soil. Yeah. Didn't they say like they had paid a ton of money to try and mitigate that with like bars and different things under the ground? Yeah, they, there's really no good solution for th- their issue with the soil moving around underneath the track because... Yeah, and that creates then undulations and bumps in the, yeah, the so surface. That's that, that was all the talk two weeks ago when MotoGP was racing at this same track. Um a lot of the dry, a lot of the riders were complaining about safety issues because of the bumps, and uh, we kind of get that same discussion every year when F one's there. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, which drivers will be the most vocal about not liking the bumpiness of the track. Yeah, and it will be interesting if it ever plays into reliability, right? Because that's, that's true. All this extra stress on all the components. A lot of these of bumps the could be car breakers, man. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean it was. I think in 2019 when we saw Ferrari where they just had like that suspension arm snap when on Vettel's it, car Vettel yeah. went on the curb and the suspension arm just snapped and yeah, he went skidding other, off. Yeah, that so. might have been 2018. I can't remember. Yeah, it was one of those years, you know. Yeah, so a few things to watch for, Moot. You can chime in on these if you want, but uh, biggest one for me is will Mercedes still have that dominant rapid pace down the straights that we saw in Turkey? I mean... They looked like they had DRS open when they didn't, as they blew by people. Yeah, the question that that then begets is, will Adrian Newey be able to finally get the Red Bull back up there? Because the Mercedes, as you said, look lightning quick now. Yeah, I mean, what's good about Coda is it's a very diverse track as far as its design. You've got, you have very slow sectors, very high-speed sectors, and sectors with big straights. Some big sweeping S's and all yeah, kinds so of stuff. you'll get, you know, every car will have an opportunity to show off its strength and weaknesses. Um, how about this, Moon? I was thinking about this. I'm not saying it's likely, but it is possible. Could Mercedes get sneaky and take a new engine again this weekend for either Lewis or Valtteri? Well, Valtteri just got that whole new engine two races ago when Max did, right? Right, but we no one really knows what's going on with their engines reliability-wise or if they just want the power for the last five, six races. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see what they're doing with Lewis's engine because he only did a partial replacement resulting in 10 spots. So I'm wondering if they're trying to plan out and mitigate how many penalty positions they take in a single race and just do 10 spots over multiple races. So this is another interesting thing to keep your eye on. And I don't know if this is true, but I was reading about it yesterday. If it is true, it's massive. So when you take a new internal combustion engine like Lewis did, your fourth, that's a 10-place grid penalty. But each additional one you take, apparently, after that first penalizing one is only a five-spot grid penalty. So they could get very tactical with that. Yeah, and as we know with the Red Bulls and the Ferraris, or sorry, the Red Bulls and the uh, Mercedes, 
those penalties mean nothing. The guys get 10-second penalties in races right, or, I mean, or start at the back of the grid and still get onto the podium or into the top five easily, you know? Yeah, from what we've seen, it's it's hard to actually penal- truly penalize Mercedes or Red Bull. I mean, Max went from dead last to second in that crazy race in Russia, and Lewis, I mean, how many times have you seen Lewis just cut through the field yeah. in this era? It's The pace of the Mercedes is insane. Yeah, and the other thing that we always keep talking about is another fun thing to watch in addition to the battle between Lewis and Max. That battle for third and the constructors is heating up. All that war right now between McLaren and Ferrari. It's a slugfest, and I I had previously said I thought McLaren had locked it up after their 1-2 in Monza, but man, that Ferrari engine upgrade is killer, and it's wide open again. What is it now? Like McLaren leading the constructors, leading them third to fourth by seven points or something seven like that. Seven and a half points is the gap. <laughs> a half. The half stuff is so funny. Yeah, it's only seven and a half points. It's going to be it's going to be a photo finish, hopefully, but I mean with that new upgrade to Ferrari, they they could be rapid in Coda as well. Yeah, they got their penalties out of the way now and Carlos and Leclerc will be free to rip. Danny Ricardo really has to step his shit up now. Yeah. I mean he, he's gonna be instrumental in them potentially getting third or not yeah we all thought he was back with that win in monza and then he's right back to his old shit from the beginning of the year where he struggles to get out of qualifying sessions can't seem to find any pace in the race yeah because i mean with that new engine upgrade lando can't do it by himself anymore he was doing it previously he was literally holding off ferrari as a one-man band yeah and now if you have both ferrari up there either passing or splitting lando and danny rick is nowhere to be found ferrari could end up smashing them for third yeah, it's going to be very fun to watch, and I think it's going to be killer in Coda. Uh, Moot, do you have any big surprises you're expecting in qualifying? George Russell to make Q3? I mean, I'm. it's one of my bold predictions here. Spoiler alert, I'll drop it early. I think Danny Rick, I'm betting on Danny Rick to make Q3 to finally get back up near the top here. I mean, he's going to have so many good vibes. The whole crowd's going to be <laughs> cheering him on, right? He always is can be seen hitting up dive bars in Austin or doing doing bits with like the Texas cheerleaders and Matt McConaughey and he, well he tries to, he does curry a lot of favor from the supporters in Austin because he's always interacting all of our listeners should take to Twitter and, and tweet Daniel Ricardo and tell him to come to bangers Friday right. night see it bangers brother he'll be rushing over there from practice too is that a good look for a driver on a race weekend throwing some beers back at 7 8 p.m on uh, Friday night before yeah, you could have a, an N.A. Heineken, you know. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the, the 0.0. Yeah, the non-alcoholic Heineken. He could slam those all night with us. Yeah, do you think, I mean, is Lewis not going to get pole? Like, the only one I could see getting pole ahead of him is Valtteri, but then Valtteri would quickly have to give up the position. I mean, I think it's extremely unlikely that anyone other than Lewis or Max get pole position, but... If, Valtteri is really the only one who could in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, he won the race the last time we ran in Coda. Valtteri yeah. did. I don't think you're going to see any surprises like, you know, Lando having pace for pole or anything like we've seen before this uh, season or like George Russell almost getting pole in Belgium. It, you're not going to see that here. You don't think we're going to see this guy explaining this when he uh, gets pole? Hi, I'm Valtteri Bottas. I mean, he could, on pole position. he could, but I just, I don't see it happening. Okay. Well, while we get into our bull predictions here, I already teased one of mine. There's actually more to it, but Ricardo making Q3. I think he will make Q3 and finish in the points. So, so I've got a, that would be big for that 
battle for third place if Danny Rick can get back on a stick. That would be big. To rhyme. All right, I've got a, I've got a handful of bold predictions here because I'm just so fired up for this weekend. I, I've got my crystal ball out. I've been rubbing it all week. So here we go. Yuki to score points. I got my boy Yuki Sonoda scoring points. He was much points. quicker in the last race. So. And I haven't done any research. I don't even know if he's raced Dakota before. He might have zero experience here. Right. So that is truly a bold prediction. Um, next, I got Charles Leclerc to play spoiler to Mercedes or Red Bull in some capacity this weekend. Um, I think this is how it's going to go down. I think Charles will get on the podium and take a podium spot away from Mercedes or Red Bull. So either so Checo... He'll work his way up there and bump. You think the front four will basically be Mercedes, Red Bull, Red Bulls on parade? Possibly, but I think... I think Leclerc Sh- will nose in there. I think Charles will take a podium spot away from either Botas or Checo somehow. Okay. Next, I ha- this is a... This is a team one. I think Ferrari will take back third place in the, contr- in the constructor standings after Coda. Seven so, and a half points, yeah. I'm expecting a very strong weekend for Ferrari. I think they will leapfrog McLaren in the standings after this race. So to use another Texas Longhorns reference, you and I are going to be locking horns here with regard to our bold predictions where I'm backing Danny Rick at McLaren and yeah. you're pushing hard for Leclerc and Ferrari here. Here's another one. I got Sebastian Vettel and George Russell to bo- both make Q3. I will be Ooh, disappointed. Vettel, I'm actually Vettel to me seems like a longer shot than George Russell. Yeah. At, at this point, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, Vettel should be strong here. He's got a lot of experience here. He's arguably getting more comfortable with that Aston Martin. He should make Q3, in my opinion. Your last one is explosive. Yeah, so here you go. My final bold prediction, all right? Assuming no engine penalties for Lewis or Max, I think Lewis and Max will certainly make contact at some point in the race. Yeah. That'll I be don't, interesting. I don't know if We're that's, all waiting for that moment where they're going wheel-to-wheel, right? Yeah, we got a taste of Checo and Hamilton going wheel-to-wheel, but we're all waiting to see how they handle themselves when Lewis and Max go wheel-to-wheel again. I think the American fans get it. I think there's contact between Lewis and Max in this race. Yeah, maybe they just need to be sent to timeout where one of them always has to take engine penalties just to separate them so they race their own race and don't wreck each other out. We will see, man. This this race is going to be packed. They're they're going to be on edge. They're going to be fired up. There's going to be a lot of adrenaline running. I expect something to happen. So mine, Rag, I already mentioned Ricardo making Q3 and finishing in the points. Here's the biggest bold prediction of the of the episode right here. Yeah, this one I, I really would like to see happen because it would be very funny on so many levels. So I'm, I'm predicting that both Haas drivers, Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin, will wreck into each other in front of the Haas Hill. <laughs> at Coda. So you're going to have a dishoster right in front of all the Haas fans with their Haas flags and their Haas, hopefully, rich energy gear uh, on, on Haas Hill. And you'll have both drivers take each other out right there. You probably don't know off the top of your head because I don't either. But Where you, Haas Hill is? Yeah, which corners is Haas Hill? I'd have to look it up. But uh, yeah, if anyone's going to be on Haas Hill this weekend, let us know. I mean, I'd love to know if it's even some corners where they could wreck each other, like if it's likely or not. Is Haas Hill like a specific ticket or is that just an area within general admission? Like are we is there gonna be a bouncer out front, some big Russian bouncer who won't let us into Haas Hill if we want to go <laughs> see I, the Haas people? I don't know. I was thinking about this by the way. You know how the, all all the rumors are swirling that, you know, Michael Andretti might buy Sauber, the Sauber F one team, Alfa Romeo Sauber. Right. If they have some discussions this weekend in Austin. If that happens, how quickly do they ditch the Haas Hill name 
and and do it something for Andretti instead. The Andretti anthill. Yeah, be what they'll have to call it. Something like that. But I mean, people are going to forget about Haas quickly if if Andretti buys the Alfa Romeo Sauber team. Yeah. If anyone's going to be at Haas Hill, hit us up. Let us know what the story is, because if we're able to actually poke our heads in there and check out the the Haas supporters, is it all going to be Russians? Are they just going to import fans to make it look like Haas, the now Russian team, basically has this huge fan base? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how much of that fan base has eroded because of the uh, <laughs> the Russian team that it's become. Yeah, I'm sure anyone who knew it was the only American-owned team in Formula One, I think you probably had a decent representation of Haas gear, right? Funny, small small, quick footnote right here, okay? So I am wearing right now while we're recording, I'm wearing my Haas hat that I have, okay? I bought it years ago, like probably four years ago. Now, it's a special edition hat they made for the U.S. For the Grand US, Prix. Yeah. yeah, so it's red, white, and blue. It's the current livery. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's got, that's what's funny, so I'll get to that, and it's got the American flag on the side. Um, so you're going to have it with the Russian flag. For no, the- <laughs> well, this is what's funny. What now that more and more people have gotten into F1 because of drive to survive and it's just getting very popular in the States. When I'm going around town now, people actually stop me and they're like, they see the hat and I'm sure they're assuming that I'm wearing it for the team this season because it's the same colors, Yeah, which is not the case, but it's always the same question. They're like, man, you're like Haas. That team fucking sucks. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, yes, it, yes, they do suck. And no, I'm not really a fan anymore. It's just a hat. Well, I was wearing my Haas hat, the same one this weekend, and I had a guy say, is that the Atlanta Hawks? Is that a new logo of theirs? <laughs> I was like, oh, ha- Haas. But <laughs> Haas, not Hawks. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the Hawks F1 team. Yeah, so that all about do it for our race preview here. Um, yeah, I- Ryan, I feel like now we're just piling on bull predictions. So if we hit one, we can play the – the twilight you know go back in time sound effect and talk about how we hey we were correct ignore all the ones we got wrong and just flash back to the one we got right so we'll always sound like we're seers now no we, we always break down all of our predictions come on we're, we're fair <laughs> i just want to give a quick t- couple of birthday shout outs here um kimmy reikonen turned 42 this week yeah and charles leclerc turned 24 <laughs> Oh, very nice. Amazing That's age unbelievable. Gap. The reverse, what's it called? Like an anagram where it's reverse. I, I don't know. The anagram birthdays, if, that, if that's the correct uh, that's term. That's definitely not the correct term. <laughs> so, reminder, guys, Formula Brunch. Everyone knows how to do Formula Brunch for a race in Texas or the states in general. We'll be living a Formula Brunch for the entire time we're there. Yes. It's going to be barbecue, Lone Star, all kinds of other Texas beers, all kinds of other Texas foods. Yeah. So... The whole weekend is going to be a Formula Brunch celebration for us, and obviously it'll be a Formula Brunch celebration, hashtag Formula Brunch. Friday, 7 o'clock, will be a Bangers Sausage House and Beer Garden on 79 Rainy Street in Austin. Beers and bolo ties, brisket and Bloody Marys, you name it. Oh, yeah. So come join us, please, if you're in town. And if you can't make that, obviously keep an eye on our social media at Purple Sector Pod for any other stuff we're going to be getting into or locations we will be it's going to be a fun one and keep your eyes peeled for purple sector stickers in porta potties this weekend oh yeah there's going to be a serious sticker push we're going to be slamming them all over the porta potties and all over austin so keep your eyes peeled and send us any pictures or post them your stories if you do stumble across some purple sector stickers while you're there 
Thank you all for joining Purple Sector for our Austin slash CODA slash USDP slash United States Grump preview. Oh, yeah. So excited, dude. You can probably hear it and feel it. We're all stoked. We know a bunch of you guys are from hitting us up. I'm saving my appetite all week for this weekend. Yeah, I'm basically... I haven't eaten anything today, so I might just keep it rolling until I get to Austin. A four-day fast? Yeah, I'm going to be like Gandhi, you know, fasting in my jail cell. Was it him? It was... (laughs) I think it was Gandhi. You asked so many unanswerable questions. I'm asking so many questions that we need to Google for here. We need to figure out if it was Gandhi, if anagram is correct, et cetera, et cetera. So... You guys can hit us up, 904-8PURPLE. That's 904-878-7753. You can obviously text us there while we're in Austin if we're trying to link up or you want to give us any updates. And at Purple Sector Pod on social media, follow us and hit us up there. And keep spreading the word about the show. Subscribe to the show, rate and review. And, yeah, we're going to hope to get some in the can, Ryan, just some quick hits probably on the, the microphone, just the mobile mic that we can post up while we're in Austin to give some live play-by-play, hopefully. Yeah, but if you just follow our social media all weekend, there's going to be tons and tons of content. Yes. We'll see you all on the track this weekend. Stoked for that. And we'll see you all Friday, 7 o'clock, at Banger's Sausage House and Beer Garden. Stoked about it. See you all there, and see you all on the track. Literally. Literally. <laughs>